0: Hi, I'm Tom Marks with the Marks Law Firm in Orlando, Florida, and welcome to the Healthy Family Law Attorney. We have a special guest today with us, Jennifer Magbanawa. She helps heal relationships of all kinds as a licensed marriage and family therapist in Florida. She primarily sees couples and individuals struggling with marital issues such as infidelity As well as coping after divorce or remarriage, Jennifer enjoys helping people find ways to learn how to communicate their wants and needs with others in their life. She is a trained family mediator and a mental health neutral for collaborative divorce cases. And Jennifer runs her own practice, JM Counseling, in the Orlando area. Jennifer is a member of the American Counseling Association, the International Association of Marriage and Family Therapists, the Central Florida Association of Marriage and Family Therapists, as well as being a founding member of the orlando downtown chapter of the national association of divorce professionals i know that's a lot but i wanted to say that um for you jennifer how are you today
1: i'm fine thank you for having me
0: you're welcome i'm i'm thrilled to have you on the channel can you tell our audience a little bit about yourself
1: absolutely so i have been married for 16 years and We have two beautiful daughters and I enjoy um, puttering around in my garden and reading. Um, I also enjoy going to theme parks, though I haven't been able to do that as much uh, of late. So I'm excited to get back to that soon.
0: Well, I love to hear that you enjoy working in the garden because I love working in my landscape in my yard. And it's one of those therapeutic things for me. So That's great. So today we're going to talk about the five stages of grief and what uh, family law clients may go through during a divorce. Can you tell our audience, what are the five stages of grief?
1: Okay. Yes. The five stages are denial, anger, sadness, bargaining, and finally acceptance.
0: Okay, good. So I want to walk through each of those five stages uh, for our audience today. And I know uh, as a family law practitioner, I often get clients come in who may not want the divorce. Uh, They may even be in denial that they have uh, marital issues, but their spouse has retained an attorney and has filed for divorce and so i'm not sure is that the denial we're talking about
1: that's a type of denial for sure it can also be that someone is going through the process thinking it's not going to end up being that they'll take the steps that someone who's going to have a divorce take but then at the last minute kind of take it all back that no i didn't think this was actually going to happen So there's different ways that denial can play out.
0: Okay. So I would think a lot of family law clients would really deal with that um, issue, that, I guess, stage of grief, denial. Um, The second that you mentioned was anger. And I understand that's a secondary emotion. Can you talk a little bit more about anger?
1: Yes. Anger is a more acceptable Emotion, especially for men in public. And so oftentimes that'll be the emotional mask, if you will, that someone will wear because it helps them to feel powerful rather than powerless. If someone's divorcing you and you don't want them to. It feels better to feel angry than to feel sad. A lot of times people think of sadness as a weaker um, expression of emotion. Than anger. Anger feels more powerful. So it's seen as more powerful. And anger can come out in lots of different ways um, for different people. But oftentimes, there's something behind it that they don't want to show, such as sadness or fear. And when it comes to divorce, it could be fear about what is my life going to look like if I'm not married anymore? Who's going to do the things that my spouse was doing? Or who's going to love me? Because I thought my spouse did. And so that can be some of where um, that anger needs to really be redirected.
0: Hmm, that's interesting. I I wonder—is uh, you said that typically men express anger at least overtly more than women? Is it somehow culturally or socially ex- more acceptable for a man to show anger?
1: Yes, I think that. For most men, and obviously there are exceptions to every rule, for most men showing anger is manly or seen as more masculine than crying, for instance, with what we would associate with sadness. Whereas for women, showing anger is socially less acceptable. Um, for women to lash out in anger or yell or scream or throw things, people don't like that generally. And so you look differently at a woman who displays that kind of behavior than a man. And so oftentimes with women who are going through divorce, they're going to outwardly show more maybe the sadness where they're crying. Not that they feel sadness more than a man who's getting divorced, but that it's socially acceptable for them to show that, whereas with men, it's not. And there may be too where the women do have anger, particularly if it's to do with infidelity, which is my specialty. Women have a lot of anger but they have difficulty expressing that publicly. And I'm using that word. It might seem weird. I don't mean you're going out to target and, you know, telling people (laughs) about your emotions, but just to others, your friends, your family um, expressing it to others. They feel more comfortable. The women expressing the sadness than the anger, even though they have anger about the situation.
0: Okay. Um, Yeah, that's helpful. So, the third stage is what you were just talking about, um, which is sad. Yeah,
1: I kind of bled them together. I apologize.
0: No, no, that's fine because I think from what I've heard from you in the past is that these stages aren't necessarily linear or in order. Uh, people may go through the stages in different, a, a different order. Is that correct?
1: Yes, absolutely. They're not linear. Um, You could start with anger rather than denial, for instance, and you could get all the way through to bargaining and then go back to denial. Um, You could even think you've gotten to acceptance because you say to yourself, well, I've got to accept this. So that feels like acceptance to you, but then you find yourself back at anger or sadness. And so it's a multi-step process, but it doesn't always happen in the way that it's spelled out.
0: Okay, so we've talked about denial, anger, and sadness. Let's talk about bargaining. That sounds uh, like an interesting stage. Tell us what that looks like.
1: With bargaining, let's take the example you gave earlier about a couple where one person wants to divorce, they're done, they're not interested in staying in the marriage anymore, they've got specific reasons. And we'll take the example of someone who's had an affair. So the husband's had an affair, the wife says, I want a divorce, I'm going talking to the attorney, I'm done. The man in the bargaining stage would say, no, I'm so sorry. I will never do this again. I will do anything you want me to do. If you want me to let you follow me on the phone app so that you know where I'm at at all times, you know, making um, grand gesture statements that may or may not be able to follow through on, that's kind of the bargaining stage when they're making those kinds of statements. And generally, it doesn't go well, because the person that they're trying to bargain with has already decided, and furthermore, doesn't trust them to follow through on the bargain. Occasionally, if the person's not as decided as they seem, it could work for a period of time, or even potentially work for good, and they end up not getting divorced.
0: Well, you know, I experience a lot of these um, stages uh, with my clients. And that's one of the reasons why I encourage my clients to get into therapy during the divorce process, because they may not even be self-aware of some of these different um, emotions or stages they're going through. Um, You know, if they're angry or even in denial or sad, or it's kind of hard for them to focus on the case. And I know they want me to be objective, and I'm trying to help them navigate through the case. Because as I often say, um, the reason why I'm doing this um, channel is because I believe families matter. And I want to provide hope and help to families to successfully navigate the family law process in a healthy way. So I think one of the ways I do that is by encouraging my clients to get into therapy. Number one, you're, you're licensed, you're trained, uh, you're less expensive than a lawyer. So I know you have helped uh, families um, deal with these types of emotions in uh, divorce and after divorce. Um, You have even been a mental health neutral and a collaborative cases. So tell our audience what you do as a therapist to help them navigate the process and these different stages of grief.
1: So the first thing I do um, that's really important is I give them the time and space to explain what their experience is. And sometimes they'll readily give me the emotional experience sometimes they won't. And so I'll have to ask a lot of questions to get them to express what they're going through emotionally with regard to either the potential divorce or the divorce that they're currently going through or have just gone through. And once we're able to figure out where they are, then we talk about where they want to be and then how they can get there. Generally, people want to feel better. And that is a wonderful thing to want, but we have to have more specifics when we're talking therapy, because we have to be able to talk about, okay, what does better look like? Is it, I want to be able to be in a room with my ex without getting into a fight or feeling uncomfortable. So then it's talking about, well, what exactly do you need to do to do that? And working through, you know, being able to exchange kids Uh, in a way that's healthy for the kids and manageable for the adults. Those are the kinds of things.
0: Well, I I like that, that you have real specifics to provide there, because I think that helps people understand what are some of the things that they need to address to work through those uh, stages. So let's talk about the last stage, and that's acceptance. What does that look like?
1: Acceptance, when you get to the stage and truly have acceptance, is a lot like a sense of peace within you about the circumstance. It doesn't mean everything's ironed out and you know exactly how everything's going to go, but that you have faith that you'll be able to work things out in a way that works for you, for your children, for your ex spouse. And that if things come up in the future, because obviously life changes, that you'll be able to manage those changes that need to happen with each other in a way that's mutually acceptable. That's acceptance.
0: Okay. And that's good. So I think one of the benefits you have as a mental health neutral, or that's in a collaborative case, but also as a licensed mental health therapist, is that you can meet with both parties where the lawyers, because of our uh, rules, ethics rules, uh, prohibit us from meeting with both parties in the sense that it looks like we're giving advice to both parties and we can't do that. Um, So tell us about what are some of the things you can do when you are, when you're able to meet with both of the parties going through a divorce?
1: Well, one of the things that is really important to me as a therapist is focusing on What do you have between you that's important? And in particular, for a couple divorcing, generally it's their children. And that gives them a common ground to have a desire to be amicable with each other. So, because they love their children, that love for their children can ebb away at any hate that might have built up in the course of the marriage and then in the divorce process that can sometimes be inflamed. And so, helping to tamp that down a bit using their shared love of their children rather than the things that tore them apart. Finding out from each person if they're willing to do that is the primary goal in a first session with two people who are divorcing.
0: You know, that sounds like really good advice. Um, So those are the five stages of grief that family law clients may go through. And you've offered some really good advice there. Um, I actually wanted to touch on one more question with you. You were a mental health neutral in a collaborative case uh, with me. Uh, I was representing uh, the wife in the collaborative case. I have to say one of the most successful collaborative family law cases I've ever had. Um, I'm sure you remember that case. I do. All right. Without giving us any specifics about it, you know, because we want to maintain client confidentiality and all that. Um, you were able to help both parties navigate the process because of the high trust level both of them had in you. I just, I, I wanted to give you an opportunity just to tell us a little bit about you know, how you accomplish that uh, creating such a high trust level within the collaborative case with the husband and wife.
1: So one of the things that I try really hard to do is keep a very um, balanced perspective, but also just a balance with the logistics, meaning the communication. So if I'm talking with a couple and I'm correcting one person on Something that I think is creating poor communication, for instance. I'm going to make sure that I rebalance, that I'm correcting the other person with regard to what they can do with regard to communication as well, so that neither party feels isolated from me, like I'm shaming them or they've done something wrong or they're the problem. I also don't want to give an opportunity for one or the other to say, to the other person, well, Jennifer said this and, you know, she told you to do that or they do that anyway. But at least if I'm presenting a balanced effect, it helps them both to feel that I'm on their side. That's very important to me. And I, I think that is how that high level of trust is built up. I actually get that question a lot from other therapists as well, because it's a difficult balance to have both parties feel that they're on your side, particularly with regard to infidelity, because if one person has done something that in general people feel is wrong, it's hard for them to feel that you're not going to take the other person's side. So I work really, really hard to try and keep that balance.
0: Well, I think you did that very successfully in our collaborative case. Um, You really did perform um, as the mental health neutral Um, and that's one of the benefits of collaborative to have two neutrals, the mental health neutral and the financial neutral in the case, the lawyers still have to represent the client. So our interests are in, in favor of our own client. We're not allowed to be neutral. We have to be in a sense, still advocating for our client, but in a very, uh, healthier way and a more amicable way. In a more mutual goal setting way so collaborative i think is a really powerful uh um option for family law clients to avoid a lot of the acrimony and expense of um, litigation so I'm, I'm glad that you're involved in the collaborative process also thank you you're welcome so i have my final question of the day and it's uh one of my favorite questions i always ask what is a healthy tip you could provide for our audience today
1: so my healthy tip for today is communicate with courtesy and calm okay. try to make it short to be rememberable
0: all right <laughs> communicate with courtesy and calm. yeah i had a, um, an interview recently and he talked about kind of the power of pause it seems like just really take a deep breath, right? And be sensitive to the other person's perspective and be um, calm about it. That's good. I appreciate that. So um, Jennifer, thank you so much for being on the channel today.
1: You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Well, I think you offered a lot of good advice and and um, some key pointers uh, to our audience. So uh, if our audience has found uh, any value in uh, the interview today, please hit that like that subscribe button. Um, Hit that bell icon so you don't miss any of our videos coming out in the future. We have legal videos coming out every Wednesday and interviews coming out every Friday. So uh, thank you for being part of the channel today. And we will see you next time. Thanks. Bye-bye.